Welcome, B-Movie fans, to this week's episode of B-Movie Chat. One of the key ingredients to making a great horror film is blood. Who doesn't love a nice gore vest once in a while? It's the icing on the cake that adds the extra bit of terror that's sometimes needed. Sure, not in all horror films are there an excess amount of gore, but still, those ones manage to be scary too. Most of the best horror films, however, don't shy away from visceral horror. If balanced with a well-crafted story, adding a healthy dose of blood and gore can bring an extra element of dread and realism to a film that will make it memorable enough to haunt our nightmares. However, some films consist of nothing more than scene after scene of blood splatter and have little to no story to back it up. In fact, the plot it had does have serves to do little more than provide excuses for more torture and blood. The question we hope to answer tonight is, how much blood is too much? When does a film stop being a horror film and become little more than torture porn? Is torture porn just another type of horror? Joining us today for this chat is filmmaker Dan Young. Dan, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me back on, guys. All right, I guess we should have said welcome it. back to the show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so horror versus torture porn. This is one of those questions that keeps me up at night. So. <laughs> yeah. It's an interesting one. Yeah, I'll give you that. I mean, when do you guys sort of came to me saying you know you want to be back on the show which thanks for that um you know like it was we had sort of a few ideas as to what you know we could talk about and you, you mentioned that, that you, you wanted me to talk about this and initially i was like oh my god uh what do i say about it but then i sort of been thinking about it over the last few days and yeah it was, it was, we can have a pretty decent conversation about this i think I don't know, for me it's it's one of those movies that like any movie that's like a torture porn, like the first time I watch it, I'm like, okay, this is all right. And then the second time I go to watch it, I'm like, all right, like, is there really a reason to be watching this again? And mm. like one of the one of the big franchises that comes to mind for me with it is Saw. Like, yeah, and that's kind Saw of movies, even the first kind, one. Yeah, it's kind of what started it all off. I mean, I think if you go sort of, I mean, really torture porn is one of those terms that was kind of, I guess it was kind of coined by kind of mainstream media that's very kind of anti-horror and that, those kinds of people. Um, when you sort of go back to the early 2000s, we had, you know, it was the very start of a lot of horror films, like old horror films being remade. You had was it Texas Chainsaw Massacre in 2003. I think the following year was like the Dawn of the Dead remake. Um, and so we were seeing this start of this new trend of like remakes. But coinciding with that, um, and of course, with these remakes, right. they they added more blood. Yeah, yeah, more of course, than the originals to try, to try and top the originals. And I think a part of it played in from that and the fact that um, kind of we we had this sort of new wave of French extreme films. Um, you know, in the early, very early two thousands, like that, high, that, high tension, I think was one of the big ones. Yeah, that was one of them. Um, there's a, there's a slew of them. There's like a lot of those sort of yeah, the French new wave of extreme films, and I think that kind of played into it. But Saw was the, I think, the one that really kicked things off, and Hostel, things like that. And I think that's around about the time. Yeah, I mean, that's around about the time the term was kind of you know thought up dreamed up or whatever but to be completely fair i mean in its defense i guess um films like that have been around for a lot longer than than you know the term itself i mean you go back to kind of the 70s and 80s and and you've got you know say like lucio fulci's uh new york ripper 
for example that's pretty you know that would come under the sort of torture porn bracket if if it was kind of released today um you know and 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 films like that i mean there's there's a lot you know sort of the cannibal movies for example like cannibal holocaust things like that one of the you know one of the biggest offenders that that i think of of this genre is uh, the faces of death series which but yeah exactly all they, yeah. they claim to be this the real death scenes which i think like one or two of each film is yeah. actually like something that happened yeah it's, like it's a literally just like death scene after death that. scene with with no story at all like it's it's even yeah. worse than torture porn yeah exactly so I mean, like I say, it's been around a hell of a lot longer than the, the term itself. But I think because we had that very sort of very short period between Saw. I mean, Saw came out and it did really well. It was very popular at the box office, and then Hostel. It just kind of felt like this was the new thing, or this was a new trend in horror, and the you know the anti-horror kind of guys had to jump on board with with something and 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 kind of um it's kind of i suppose it was launched as a derogatory term really for for horror films the, the sort of horror films that are coming out at the time yeah, i think a lot of it had to do with um especially with movies like saw and hostel where it seemed like well especially with hostel where it's kind of just let's see how much we can get away with and how much yeah. we can shock people and i don't think there's anything really inherently wrong with that as far as like um, just kind of showing things, but I think that people realize there's not a lot going on. It really doesn't take a lot of um, a lot of talent as far as writing goes with it. It's just kind of an excuse to show things like um, and and with Hostel, like if if I'm remembering correctly, Hostel wasn't even that bloody of a movie. Um, no, there were there were a few like scenes like the the fucking hanging eye, but um, yeah. But it was mostly just when he went from room to room and saw, like, okay, this person is doing this to people. This person is doing this to people. But it more yeah. left it up to your imagination to see, like, what is the uh, the result of that person doing that. Like, when you open the door and you get that, like, two or three second glimpse of this room. Yeah. Yeah, I think, like you were just mentioning, I think if you, if you spoke to anybody that's seen that film, you know, that's the one scene they're going to bring up as, like, the, the worst part of that film is is the eyeball thing and um but everything else in there isn't isn't exactly um i think you you kind of remember it being worse in your head but if you was to watch that film now you'd probably be like oh actually pretty tame compared to some other movies that have come out since that's what i mean like i when when you mentioned hostile i was really in my head i'm like is it was is that really considered one of the torture porn films like that's like the default when people go to wow yeah yeah, pretty much. I mean, like I said, Saw came out, and I think it was pretty much the year after it was Hostel, and because obviously, you know, Saw did really well, and then subsequent sequels, you know, it was just becoming a th- I mean, there's other sort of smaller films coming out around the sidelines trying to cash in on it, I think, really, as well. Um, you know, but those are the main two, really, I think. And one of the lesser-known ones, which I think we still need to finish, Paul, is uh, Video Violence. Oh, yeah, that's literally just... These two guys own a video store, and, you know, they film a bunch of smut films. The second one is just people, like, filming fake torture scenes yeah, and things like that. It's like everybody in town is now in on it and, and filming, like, just them torturing people. And it's like, hey, watch watch my, watch my who I killed this week. Like, Yeah, I, I've heard of that. I haven't actually, I haven't actually had a chance to say anything of, of those, but... You know, um, there's there's yeah, some other, like, lesser-known series, like the Violent, Violent Shit series, I think, is one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, mean, I think if you if you go down the video nasties list, you'll find a couple torture porns. Oh, definitely. Yeah. 
I mean, that's that's also I was yeah bringing it back to that actually. That's kind of the, a similar thing really. Back in the eighties, in this country, we had that whole video not video nasty thing, and that was just another term coined by like the mainstream media to kind of classify you know horror films in a way and and anything could kind of fall under that there was no real i guess you know the only thing i can say really for the term itself um torture porn is it's fairly specific in its description of what you're gonna get um you know it's i mean let's be honest we can we can watch kind of a action thriller kind of war film that has scenes of torture but that's not considered torture porn because you know there's a story behind it there is um you know it's shot in a way that's a little more classy there's you know uh it's it's in a it's in a mainstream film and i think because these are horror films and the kind of reaction to what's happening honestly there's slight there's slight revel in it in another person hurting another person quite badly or killing them you know they they you know because it kind of that's what people kind of want to see and that's kind of the point of it and there's nothing else really going on i think that's why people kind of there's a bit of a backlash to it and you know that's why we don't consider torture scenes in other types of movies or other genres uh, anything to worry about well that's that's one of those things that um, that brings up something that i've i've wondered a lot my wife loves to watch like she'll she'll sit and watch war movies and stuff with me she'll sit and watch saving private ryan black hawk down both extremely violent movies but yeah. like to like and she'll sit through the the bloodshed and the explosions and the limbs coming off and everything with no problems but then yeah. we want like she cannot sit through like uh, friday the 13th or like she had a really hard time watching reanimator with me one time which yeah. like by comparison like even Reanimator, which is a very violent film, like to Saving Private Ryan, it pales in comparison the amount of violence and blood that's in the movie. But yeah, yeah she like there are so many people, and I I don't understand that. Like you can watch this, which has all this violence and gore, but you can't watch this, be- and you say it's because of the violence and the gore. So it's the subject matter, isn't it? I think really, in a way, um, yeah. And that's really what it mainly comes down to. It's it's not violence for violence sake so much. Um, whereas with the sort of torture porn genre, and I'm making a generalisation here, but with most of those movies, that's kind of the point. And with Saving Private Ryan, you know, it's it's not just about that. And I guess that's kind of the difference. But I get completely what you're saying. Yeah, it's it's, it's interesting to me. I wonder mm. if part of it has to do with the fact that, like, kind of like what you're saying, where it's where it's the um the context of it and the story going along with it, but as far as, like, uh, Saving Private Ryan takes place in a war, like, um, you mentioned another one. Black Hawk Down. Black Hawk Down. I think people are able to kind of distance themselves because they were soldiers, so if, like, you're not a soldier or one that's in actively in war, it's kind of, like, it's separate for you from you because it's, like, another world. Or it's, like, somebody being hunted down by, like, a murderer or something like that, or somebody being tortured. That person's kind of supposed to be a, um... A substitute for the audience like each audience member like they can kind of imagine themselves in that so i think it's more of a personal thing maybe more than like a um actual thing with a gore yeah i mean the, the characters of the, the soldiers for example in the war film they're kind of you know they're not they i mean presumably depending on the film etc it's that it they're not you know they don't want to kill you know whereas with the kind of the torture porn genre it's 
generally that's the sort of main aim of the, the character doing the actual killing. One thing I've noticed is a lot of, um, especially low-budget films, definitely will lots of times go with more gore and more um, torture because it's kind of, it's something they know they can do well for a small budget. And I think lots of times, because they're pressed for time, because they don't have a lot to work with, they'll focus more on the torture scenes and the blood and the um, visceral sort of elements because it's um, really all they can do. Plus, it's just kind of fun and everything. So I think in some ways, a lot of like lower-budget films kind of um, get thrown in that. And since they're um, not Hollywood films or big-name films, it's a lot easier for people to kind of knock them for things, whereas for like higher-budget films, it's like, oh, well, you know, it was art for some reason. Well, that, that brings up another, another point. Do you think there, it might be this big conspiracy that, that Hollywood came up with this idea of torture porn to label these movies because like movies like Saw did so well don't don't go see that that's torture porn you need to see this movie because this movie is art that's just torture porn yeah I feel like that plays into it quite heavily to be honest I mean yeah I see what you're saying I can definitely see that I'm not sure it's going to be a big plot but I think it's like they were definitely judging certain uh, movies worse like um it's not so much a torture porn but um the movie I Spit on Your Grave, that one got lambasted by people back um, when that came out because it was like, oh, it was nothing but, like, torture and, you know, it was using rape as a, um, a subject matter for um, to shock people. But it's like, you know, it, it does more than just that. It's like, the, and, you know, the, the, the murder scenes and everything, it's like there is more to it. And I've seen a lot of Hollywood movies that have really no substance to them at all, but... I think for like movies like that and lower budget films, it's just like, yeah, they're definitely more biased because, well, who's the ones who are the ones getting paid to give the big reviews and all that? Yeah, no, definitely. No, I can't. I, I pretty much agree with that. Yeah. Uh, I'm just. I'm, I'm trying to think of an example here, but I, I I know like there are some movies where I've seen and I'm like, this is a fantastic movie, but like it just got, uh, just killed in the reviews, and it's one of those movies like, uh, you know, there there are a lot of movies that come out like. Sort of, oh, God, I, I, um, I'm drawing a blank here. Who's in the film, or, like, when it came out? No, but it, it also makes me think of, like, um, now I'm, I may be getting my facts mixed up, but I think it was, like, 1961. Was that when West Side Story came out? I, Sounds I, about right. <laughs> I believe this is the, the right example. I may have, like, forgotten which movie it is, but I'm pretty sure it's West Side Story. The year that West Side Story came out, it swept the Oscars, Okay. Yeah. Do you know how many movies were, were like, officially released? Because there was some kind of strike or something going on at the time. Do you know how many movies were actually eligible for the Oscars that year? Uh, no idea, no. Twelve. <laughs> okay. So, and it's it's one of those things, they, they try to discredit other movies so that your, mm. your bigger names or your bigger productions or whatever, you know, get yeah. that recognition that they think that deserves. And I think mm. that, that drives into into play a lot of times with these lower budget or these independent films that try to compete with or like films that are outside of the, the norm or the standard or again you know if, if they're striking from the street screen actors guild or you know whatever shit they want to do um, mm. you know they they just you know in that way they find a way to say you shouldn't see this or this is terrible just for that reason that's why I don't watch the Oscars <laughs> I mean I don't watch them either one thing I, I was thinking about was also um, a lot of films 
from um, like I, before I mentioned, um, I spit in her grave. But I was thinking about the movie uh, Freaks a while back because um, it's one of my favorite films, and that was considered so controversial that it ruined poor Todd Browning's career. But it seems like um, lots of things like films that are considered torture porn and just like controversial and exploitation, a lot of t- times it's because that stuff is not acceptable at the time. But I yeah. guess it doesn't really mean it's never going to be accepted. Like. Um, Nowadays, if a movie like um, Freaks or something like that really wouldn't be considered that bad. Well, I mean, they, they did remake it. It was called American Horror Story Season Whatever <laughs> by, by Ryan Murphy, where, where he used... I mean, that's, that's, that was the whole draw of Freaks, was it was people... It was actually, you know, the actors were the quote-unquote circus freaks. And, you know, Ryan Murphy did that in, in his circusy American Horror Story season where he used people that actually had these, you know, diseases and defects and, and what have you. And the only controversy was in being a shitty writer. I, yeah. I mean, well, no, pe- people don't see that because he's he's mainstream. It's it's big. It's that, you know. Okay, and, and that's the thing, too. Like, good. I see so many people. I know so many people. Oh, I, I love American Horror Story. I've seen American Horror Story. Oh well, how like, have you ever seen this movie? Oh no, that's that's too violent, or oh, oh no, that's too scary. It's the same fucking thing. This yeah, is just dumbed down for TV with shitty writing. It's kind of the same thing with Walking Dead as well, though, because you get a lot of people like, oh man, I love Walking Dead, I love zombies, etc. But then you, you know, you say, oh, have you seen this film, this film, this film? And it's like, no, and nothing against The Walking Dead. I actually quite like the show. I'm one of the few. I think I'm in the minority here, but you know. Uh, yeah, it's it's. I see what you're getting at. You know, it's well, in my the album, TV version of it, and 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 people are okay with that, but won't have seen anything remotely similar to it. My, my mom's boyfriend is like that. Like, he if if you try to, if you put on Halloween around him, he will piss his pants. But like, <sighs> he'll he's he watches The Walking Dead with her every Sunday. Um, yeah. Another movie. Uh, what was it that just came out starring the guy that was Loki? Um. About the cast, not the castle, but the mansion. Uh, Crimson Peak. Uh, yeah, Crimson, Crimson Peak. That piece of shit. Yeah. Um, he, like he tried to he tried to watch that with her. He's like, no, I can't I can't deal with this. This is it's it's just too much. I'm like, scary at all. what's too much? Oh. In- incest? Is it the incest? It must be the incest. <laughs> and funny thing, he lived in West Virginia for many years. Like I, <laughs> you think he'd be accustomed to that? Exactly. That guy needs to watch some violent shit. Clearly, and he's like. There's there's a lot of people that I've I've know that yeah they don't watch horror things but they watch The Walking Dead because it's it's that mainstream it's right there yeah. and it's saying okay this this is normal to watch it's okay and the writing yeah. was good at the beginning like I still enjoy watching the show but I enjoy watching it to bitch about it more so than I enjoy watching it to actually see <laughs> what's going on okay fair enough it kind of brings into another sort of um this is another topic of conversation. I know we're going on a bit of a tangent here, but I have this sort of problem with, because obviously, you know, I love horror movies. That's my thing, right? But it's looked down upon, and there are a lot of films that are basically horror films, but they market them completely differently because, oh, well, it, you know, if we market it as a horror film, it won't do so well. Perfect example of which is, like, 28 Days Later. It's, you know, so many people would consider that a thriller or, you know, the pandemic thriller or whatever they want to call it. An apocalyptic drama. Exactly, yeah. Exactly, right? But it's a fucking horror film. Let's be honest. It's got zombies in it. Essentially, you know, it's a horror film. 
and it rips off like so many other horror movies as well you know that's that's like this main influence is is like a handful of like really awesome classic horror films yeah i mean uh, what else it could be you know and then it, it, here here in the u.s you have the opposite thing where where films will be try to be marketed as a horror film or people will label it as a horror film to get it to sell better because yeah. it has become so mainstream over here um i, I think was, like, i was walking through a store today and in the horror section they had snakes on a plane i've seen yeah. snakes on a plane i love snakes on a plane snakes on a plane in no way shape or form is a horror film Unless you no. have a phobia of snakes. I guess. I guess that could be... Yes, maybe. <laughs> At a stretch. <laughs> but yeah, I think... Um, I mean, oh yeah, another example, I think, and this kind of, I guess, comes full circle a little bit, is around the time, or soon after the time, Saw and Hostel, you know, did decent money at the box office and that that kind of... The marketing strategy behind those were so, was, was pretty aggressive, um, so other kind of movies felt the need to kind of do that. I remember very specifically. I don't know if you saw. I think it came out in like two thousand and eight ish. Film called Untraceable, um, which I actually quite like. I think it's a pretty decent movie. But all of the kind of um, you know the advertising, the posters, everything for it, kind of they made it feel a bit more like it was like a kind of a saw film or a hostile kind of of a movie. And while it had like kind of gorier elements to it, it was essentially, you know, it was a, pretty much a horror film, you know. But it's there was a lot more drama in there, a lot more story, a lot more going on than the kind of advertising gave it credit for. So I don't know whether it actually helped or did it a disservice. Well, that um. That reminds me of we we I just saw Hellraiser for the first time last mm. month, and um, everybody always talks about you know it, you know Hellraiser it's a it's a monster movie you know it's got the fucking whatever those guys are called I can't remember anymore. But, Cenobites. Yeah, the Cenobites. You know, so like we watched the movie and like my initial like reaction was kind of disappointment because it was not a monster movie. I, it wasn't even really so much of a horror movie as it was a thriller. And, like, the more I think about the movie, the more I remember and, like, have time to dwell on it. Like, I, I love that movie now because, like, I've, I've finally been able to accept this is not a monster movie. It's not even a horror movie. It's a thriller, but it's done so well. And they really, they market it, and it's, it's always locked in with horror, like, hardcore horror. Um, and it, it really isn't. And that's, that's I mean, one of those things that stands out about it. I mean, it's more the visceral side that, that I guess... When I you, think... I mean, it's had so many sequels, and this, all the sequels, I think, supposedly mm, revolve more around the Cenobites and the the torture porn-esque um, Yeah, Yeah, well, we don't like to talk about a lot of the sequels, to be fair. Um, <laughs> it never happened. There's only one. <laughs> uh, no, and, like, yeah, it's... it's yeah, I tried to sit through most. I actually own quite a few of those, and I've tried to sit through them, and it is kind of painful because a lot of those. I mean, it's completely going off tangent again, but kind of a lot of those sequels weren't actually Hellraiser movies to begin with. They were something else, and then they've kind of well, you know, this could be a Hellraiser movie if we just put Pinhead in it, and <laughs> he, can, he can he can just show up at the end and stuff. You know, that's amazing. Uh, so there is a lot of that, and you can kind of tell the films that aren't 
really weren't designed from uh, to be Harry's movies from the from day one. You know, it really shows. But you know, I guess they kind of had to, this idea, this script, or whatever, and had to kind of find a way to get people to see it, even if it was a straight to video piece of shit or whatever. They still kind of needed that hook for some people. No pun intended there, but like. And, and making them like Hellraiser sequels, that's kind of enough to kind of draw people into actually, you know, take that off the video shelves, take it home and watch it. Um, sometimes that's a, a good thing to do. I know the um, the fourth Die Hard movie, Live for Your Die Hard, was original. I mean, it's based on a novel and has nothing to do with John McClane, but they were like, hey, what if we repl- like like we want to make this a movie, but what if we replace this yeah. main character with John McClane? And I mean, yeah. that's that's my second favorite Die Hard movie. You know, of course, the first is the best, best Christmas movie ever. Um, yeah, but the it's definitely one is, it's, it's amazing, and it's wonderful to think that like that was not like originally meant to be Die Hard. Yeah, there's a lot of. I mean, there's, I mean, the only other one I can think of off the top. Of, I mean, there's loads more, but uh, I know that Ten Cloverfield Lane was originally a, a script called The Cellar or something like that. Um, and then it got picked up by Abrams and all that, and they kind of, you know, they developed it as as a Cloverfield film, which you know, like the last two minutes or something actually like had to do that, with the other Cloverfield, yeah. which I've never uh, seen. Uh, yeah, absolutely, that ending did feel a bit tacked on. You can kind of tell where they took over and ah, well, let's you know, but this kind of the last five minutes is is you know, it's all aliens and shit, you know. So uh, that was another one of those films. It was really it was marketed as like this hardcore like horror, like film and then i i watched it and i'm like this is this is a drama like yeah it's it's, yeah. it's three people sat in a cellar and tension and you know it's great i love that film but yeah i wouldn't say it's a straight up horror flick yeah it's kind of like horror with like um a horror thriller because it definitely has a horror elements of it where like somebody's in danger and it does try to like scare you but it's definitely not like like you said straight up horror where like she was only in danger because she wasn't accepting his help if only she had just you know (laughs) if only she would have been like thank you for saving my life you know everything would have been fine he wouldn't have shot the other guy spoiler alert he wasn't crazy at all right yeah he was perfectly (laughs) sane everybody else was crazy Sean Goodman as a as a crazy guy. That was that was an amazing combination. Listen, yeah. If, if I woke up in a cellar and John Goodman was there and was like, "I just saved your life," I'd be like, "Thank you, John Goodman, and thank <laughs> you for being on Roseanne. You made that show wonderful." I loved you, Big Lebowski. <laughs> yeah, he was the only good part of that movie. Oh, I love Big Lebowski. You're just a bad person. It's a fucking terrible movie, man. Oh, that's not that's okay. Torch porn. Okay. <laughs> it is torture for me to watch that movie. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I definitely think that... I think torture porn is a legit term for certain movies, because you'll definitely watch some where it's like, this is just a, tor- a reel of torture moments. There's no real plot to it. And, yeah. yeah. But I do think that it's overused, and it's just like kind of done so that people don't really have to think very much about what they're seeing it's like okay the context of this makes me uncomfortable so rather than like kind of like going past that and like trying to analyze why it's like well it's it makes me uncomfortable because it's a bad movie it's just torture porn and i find that a lot in things where like there's definitely movies i like like um hellraiser is a good example of that where i've met people who are like oh it's just a bunch of gore and stuff like that I'm like no there's a lot more going on to on with it and yeah it's um, like I think it's an excuse to be lazy in a lot of ways and just like to dismiss things that make people feel kind of uncomfortable. 
What is it is yeah. one of those subgenres that it, that really do exist, and um, th- there are there are few things that actually fit into it like perfectly, um, but like there are there are some gems out there. I mean, it, it's kind of like nunsploitation. Like, yes, yes, it exists. There are yeah. films that, that are solely made to exploit the fact that there are nuns in the film. Torture porn's the same way. It's I mean it's it's meant to exploit ultra violence. As as ultraviolence was meant to be, not as in a clockwork orange. Yeah, and I feel like bringing back to kind of what you mentioned there, you mentioned it as a subgenre, and I feel like obviously that's not how it started out, but in a way, and and to some directors and filmmakers' credits, they've kind of embraced it a little bit, and it's now kind of become a subgenre, and really, it's not a term used that much anymore or applied to very many films these these days. Like, um, but yeah, I think it's kind of interesting that they took this term that was supposedly i guess meant as a derogatory term for the for the movies and kind of owned it really took took you know took it back and said hey you know yeah that's fine that's what this is you know this is they they embraced it so you you know hats off to those guys for doing that but hey yeah definitely there are also some films that are just bad and they'll have a lot of torture scenes where you can tell they're trying to make like a slasher film but they're just not good at writing it so you're like wait why did they do that and it's like okay like i don't think it's so much that this is a um is a sex as a um torture porn but so much as it's just kind of shitty writing and they didn't think of all the reasons why this was going on yeah i guess that does play into it quite a bit and you know I think like budgetary things as well like you know obviously you know makeup effects can cost a lot of money but like you know if that's where all your money's going then obviously you haven't got a lot for anything else so you know that again might play into part of the reason why you know this a lot of those kind of movies are kind of shitty because there's no they literally that's all they're, they're putting their money into um but you know i think also a lot of like makeup effects people like use these movies as showcases like they're basically just big showreels for like people that can do this kind of shit um you know which i guess is kind of cool but you know um yeah it's just sort of that could possibly explain why there's so many shitty films out there like that fall under this kind of the the umbrella of torture porn that just you know i mean i'm not yeah most of them pretty much don't have a story i will i will give saw credit and i will give i think like the first hostel i didn't actually think was as bad as a lot of people make it out to be there is somewhat of a story there there is some some things going on not 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 like amazing things but you know um a lot more than a lot of the kind of stuff that came out after it that was kind of you know made because this was the new thing this is the new trend in horror um, but yeah, there's a hell of a lot of crap out there. <laughs> One of the other things that I, I think adds into it, uh, what Paul was saying about some of those, uh, in some movies that just kind of like draw out the death scenes, it's like there are some movies where the death scene should only be like five or ten seconds, um, mm. even that's stretching it, but then they, they put it into slow motion and it draws out for like a minute or two minutes. They're trying yeah. to get to a full-length movie so they can market it as a full-length movie. So it's like every death scene turns into this slow motion drawn out, um, mm. you know, bloodbath or, you know, or, or like torture-esque scene that really was yeah. unnecessary to begin with. 
Yeah. I am um, sort of like just mentioning something off the top of my head. I actually read an article a couple of weeks ago now, actually, um, before you actually approached me to do this episode. And um, it was, I won't say what website it was on, but it, it was a, an article about a film that was made in 2010, so seven years ago. Um, and it had only been shown at a couple of film festivals. So it literally had like maybe three or four screenings tops it's not available to buy or rent or anything like that anywhere on any service or anything like that and it was weirdly enough it was actually made by a filmmaker from cambridge which is where i'm from um and it's a film made in 2010 called pig and it's a 70 minute film and it is basically one massive uh torture porn movie literally it's it's from beginning to end well i haven't seen it but like from the article's description um it's essentially a guy and his accomplice kill three people and it's the long drawn out torture and the, what he puts them through. And there is literally like no story. There's very little dialogue. It is 70 minutes of a guy just, yeah, performing very harsh acts on three people. And then it kind of ends. (laughs) And, um, yeah, I, I mean, I've no idea how it got funded or how it got made or anything like that, but apparently it's like, there, there is no real plans to show it anywhere else again um just simply because no one will touch this thing <laughs> and, uh, have you ever seen the um the masters of horror series yes um, yes the first season john carpenter's cigarette burns ah yes the, With the normal- movie that is it's like so so vile or so captivating or whatever that it it, it draws yeah. it it drives its audience insane so nobody so, yeah. nobody's allowed to see it yeah, the absolute end of the world or something it was called. Yeah, yeah, I actually quite liked that. That was a really good episode. Yeah, I loved that one. But it, it, that 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 just reminded me of that. It's like, like no one is allowed to see Pig because it will drive you mad or it is so yeah. vile, so disgusting. Yeah, I think it's like one of those films. They screened it originally when it came when it was made, and and people literally just. I mean, most of the audience walked out. Um, and so there, there was just no way, no distributor was going to touch it. Nobody wanted to have anything to do with it. The censors would have just ripped it apart. So it's kind of been this thing that's like, yeah, this weird anomaly that sort of gets dragged around very rarely at festivals. But apparently it's been shown a handful of times. And I don't think the filmmakers are actually planning to show it again, like at least not anytime soon. So, um, but yeah, it was it was an interesting read if you can find any information about it because there's an imdb and everything for it it's a legitimate film but there's there's very little information out there about this film because obviously only a handful of people have really seen it you know uh, i just found it kind of interesting and then you guys approached me to do this episode so i was like oh, i gotta mention that definitely we were at um a, a horror convention a few weeks ago and there was a guy we were talking to who made a few films that he actually almost got arrested for because he said they were surrealistic that they thought they were smut films and snuff. Yeah, snuff films. Um, and it kind of um, he said that you know in order to really get their name out there, they had to be extreme. So I think sometimes yeah. in order to like, because it's it's really hard to get your movies out there. So I think a lot of yeah. times people go for more extreme things because it's like you know, all, every um, every word about your film is um, free publicity. So. I think that yeah, has I guess, something to do with it. Yeah, it may it may play into that whole thing of like any publicity is good publicity, and I think there's a lot of, I mean, if they're struggling filmmakers and there's a lot of kind of, you know, aggression and anger there, like why you know we're busting our asses making films, it's not easy, it's not cheap, you know, 
you know what we got to do to get noticed and i think a lot of people will resort to that kind of thing and, and you know for the most part i guess it worked but then you're kind of labeled as that guy or that that director that did that thing and i don't know it's kind of funny you mentioned about the kind of snuff films like i don't know if you've ever heard about it but there is the the guinea pig series from i think they're from japan yeah I, um, i've heard of those and charlie sheen saw that one of those at a party and and reported to the police and uh <laughs> as, as a real like oh this is a real snuff film you know obviously they investigated it's like nah. i mean the the particular one he saw um I will admit that the, the, the effects in it for the time it was made and the budget it was made on, like the effects are insane, you know, um, even hold up today. Do you know what I mean? So I can kind of see why he sort of, you know, may have thought that at the time, but it's just kind of a cool story. Like, and again, like no publicity is bad publicity. So, you know, I guess that's kind of sales of those have gone up since that happened. I don't know. Yeah. When, when we talked to the, the guy Paul was talking about at the horror convention, he even asked, he's like, oh, have you guys seen the newest guinea pig movie? And I was like, I've never seen any of them. And I mean, I've, I've heard of them. I've definitely, like, noticed them on the internet. I've just never ordered or, like, watched any of them. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've probably only seen maybe one or two. Um, I think, like, again, most of them are kind of pretty ridiculous. And, again, no story, really. They're just kind of again it, it, it was torture porn before torture porn was even a term again so this like i said torture porn has existed way way beyond you know i mean even like you're saying again with like films like i spit on your grave i mean the original version of that was you know it came out in the 70s so you know um and again going back i mean again it does play into kind of what is acceptable what isn't acceptable at the time like again going back to saying about freaks and stuff like that you know, at the time, that wasn't acceptable. You bring that kind of thing out now, it's, like you said, it's it's an American horror story. It's it's on mainstream, it's on TV, you know. Um, I think another movie, like, this is kind of going back onto another tangent we were on earlier, but, you know, playing into that, I mean, there was another movie called Peeping Tom. I think it's a British film, and it came out in the 60s. And again, it's a film where it was kind of ahead of its time, and it was kind of a stalker, slasher kind of film. Um and the director made the movie, released it. Everyone was outraged, and he never worked again. It ruined his career. Um, but you watch that film now, and it's like, it's good. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's totally acceptable. There's nothing wrong with this, you know. But at the time, everyone was just, like, absolutely outraged by it. So, you know, again, you know, it's obviously rolling with the times. What we're desensitized to, you know, kind of builds up. And I guess, in, in, in you know, as time goes on, it takes more and more and more to shock people. And then, you know, you kind of end up with things like a Serbian film. Yeah, I guess everybody's got to, all taboos have to be broken at some point. So there's always somebody to challenge it. And it's not until time goes by that it's either appreciated later on or it's just um, kind of shrugged off. Yeah, absolutely. Before, like, horror films, there were actually, like, shows people would go to called, um, I wish I remember what they were called, but um, they'd have, like, um, scenes they were kind of like operas except they were specifically to show like people um supposedly getting like tortured and murdered like they'd have fake blood and like um there's there's a movie that's kind of like that i think it's called the the theater bazaar or something was that um it's probably based off things like that i don't think that was the name i think i think you're talking about penny dreadfuls right yeah oh there we go okay yeah, and they people would just go to them because it's like wow look at that it's like um because i think we all like have some kind of like um baser instinct enjoy that to a degree it's just kind of like 
compartmentalizing that so we can function as normal people. And obviously, di- different people have a different threshold for that. So I think that um, yeah. I think we, like most people, like I mean, there's a reason why people watch this kind of stuff, even though it seems very contradictory to um, just how we function. Now, just just you mentioning that, I, I it, it sparked a memory of the movie Blood Sucking Freaks. I was just thinking that too. Where yeah. the alternate title was the Great Torture Show, um, and that's that's what that guy put on was. I mean, he had his theater in the middle of you know nowhere, where he would torture people on stage. Which in the movie it was real, quote unquote. Um, and then people would just be like, "Oh, this is the worst thing. His effects are terrible, and this is you know shitty." And then it's like. Well, he was actually murdering people on stage. Like, <laughs> fuck. The way there's there's a lot of the, a critique on the audience because it's like you're watching somebody torture somebody for other people, but you're watching the torture and everything. So it's weird, like um, kind of commentary and all that. That's what I've got to say. Yeah, <laughs> no, I agree. So I think I think we um I think we may may have just about covered torture porn and a few other subjects along the way. Yeah, well, before we go, like, are there any films that you guys like that are, like, just basically torture porn, but you kind of like anyways? Well, I mean, like, I mean, like, again, being a fan of horror, you know, I'm not adverse to gore. I'm, I'm, you know, I feel like you got to have stuff in balance. So, like, you know, a decent story and a bit of gore, that, that's, you know, and some good acting, throw all that together if you can do it. You know, it's great. I mean... Uh, not to plug things, but we are in the middle of production on a film um, at the moment, and um, this one's um, this one's kind of got not to sort of you know blow too many secrets here, but we've got a fair few little um, you know the most makeup effects I think we've done uh, to date, which again isn't a massive amount, but there's there's you know stuff in there. There are we're planning to shoot some fairly grotesque stuff and I don't know how it's gonna plan out, but it could be quite interesting. But um no as far as films and stuff, I mean like I mean I, I've I've pretty much mentioned quite a few things that I've enjoyed in the past. I'd mentioned like the kind of French extreme new wave stuff there. Um there's quite a few movies within that that I kind of enjoy and quite like and um um yeah i also feel like for some reason i need to mention some of like herschel gordon lewis's films um because again you know like going back to the subject of torture porn back in the kind of the 60s when when like blood feast and shit like that was being made that was like you know that's pretty hardcore for the time you know um kind of amazing that that guy literally could more or less make whatever kind of movie he wanted and didn't give a fuck, you know, in that, in that kind of time. It's kind of amazing, really. Um, but now, other than that, my mind's kind of gone a bit blank as far as kind of other films, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I, I, think, I mean, I think any film is worth watching once by somebody. I mean, mm. if you, if, uh, I don't really have any, like, in particular torture porns that I'll say, oh, I really want to watch this, like, over and over. Like, I, I have to be in the right mood to watch it. Like, I, I mean, if I had to pick one, I, w- I would say the original Saw is probably my favorite of, of that kind of stuff. Just because yeah. it's it's much more dialogue heavy. Um, and it's a yeah, lot this... more of a conundrum for the for the uh, players involved as opposed to the other ones. And, um, you know, subsequent movies that, that follow where it's just how gory can we make this kill? Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. Yeah, as far as like that goes, there's so many movies I'll be watching where it, I kind of get the opposite where they talk too much. I'm like, okay, just fucking kill them already. I want to see like <laughs> the fucking blood already. But yeah, there's I can't think of any off the top of my head, but there definitely fit like certain horror films where I'm like, okay, I get it. I, I understand the plot, but just kill them already, for God's the, sake. The Green Inferno is one yeah, like that, that. That was one like that. It yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I, th- before I think... We, uh, before we end, just to, because it's torture porn, I found this story. It's very short, but this is kind of an interesting example of uh, torture porn. I'll just read this real fast. This is the story of a day where there was all this blood. A man was walking around, and blood started coming out of him everywhere. There was so much blood that it filled up an an elevator. He went to the store, and there was just blood all over the place. People were slipping in it, and they were all grossed out. He tried to go swimming, and all of the sharks went nuts and bittened everyone. He got chased by all the vampires ever. One time, the blood got a kid and a dog. At the end of the day... Everyone decided they would send him to space so that they would stop getting blood everywhere. The scariest part is that man was you. Or if he was a lady, if you are a lady, and you forgot that this happened. Where did you find that? It's what a creepypasta I found online. Oh, it's, it's one of those creepypasta things. It's okay. To the day of the blood. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I found that. And I'm like, that's amazing. It's the sort of thing you find written in shit on the wall of like a, an asylum or something. I find it like um, it like by a <laughs> urinal somewhere. Yeah, what the fuck? I think that um, I I think that brings us to a conclusion of of torture porn. But before yeah. we go, um, Dan, do you want to tell us uh, where we can follow you and find out about any of your projects that you're currently working on? Yeah, uh, yeah, no worries. Uh, Twitter is a very good place to find out that information. Uh, at Daniel M Young, or one word. Uh, we have a website which is viral films that's v-i-r-a-l films dot uk um and yeah i mean we've got a facebook page as well just search for viral films uk uh, it's pretty much all there well, it was awesome having you on again no it's been great thank you very much for having me back on it's been amazing